Welcome to the Go All In podcast. I'm your host, Robert Bruss. And today on the show, we have Tommy Breedlove from TommyBreedlove.com. Tommy is a Wall Street Journal and USA Today best-selling author and Atlanta-based businessman. He's a relationship coach and a mindset coach as well. Buckle up, ladies and gentlemen, because this is one of the fastest-paced interviews of 2020, and I know you're going to love it. So let's get started. G'day everyone. I trust that you're well and you and your family and business are also doing well. If this is your first time here at the Goal In Podcast, welcome. It's great to have you here. This podcast is for you if you're just starting out in business, considering a business, or even if you've been a seasoned entrepreneur for years. My guests and I will give you the strategies and the tactics that you need to help you to close the gap from where you are to move you to where you want to be faster than you ever thought possible. To get there, you're going to have to work hard. You're going to have to learn some new things. But most of all, you're going to have to go all in. And I created and I do this show because there's nothing I like more than eliminating roadblocks and shortcutting the path to somebody's success. In fact, I can't wait to celebrate your success with you. So make sure you reach out to me via social media or email. Now, before we get into the show today, just take a little peek at your phone and hit the subscribe button on the app that you're listening in on. And if you're watching this on YouTube, just scroll on down and hit the subscribe button there as well. And don't forget to ring the bell. That way you'll always have some motivation and some go all in love right there in your pocket. Lastly, if you like what you hear today, please share this episode with your friends and your family. Tommy's got an important message to share and he's got a pretty epic story as well. And if we can help just one or two other people to break through their barriers and to get unstuck, then Tommy and I would have done our job here on the podcast today. Alrighty, let's get into the show. As I mentioned at the top of this podcast, Tommy Breedlove is an author and a coach. His background is in the financial consulting industry. And as he made it to the very top of his career, as he as he summited the mountain, so to speak, he decided that it just wasn't meant to be. Taking the leap, going all in and leaving financial security and a solid career behind you takes courage, it takes planning and it takes a whole bunch of commitment. And all of that Tommy has in spades. This podcast is gonna leave you feeling inspired, valued and excited about life. So let's get into it. I'm excited he's here, so please help me in welcoming Tommy Breedlove. Breedlove, welcome to the Go All In podcast. It's great to have you here. Brother, Robert, I'm humbled and grateful, man. I'm excited to throw down. Let's do this. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show here today and talk about all things mindset and going all in and all that sort of stuff. But before we do any of that and get into any of that madness, let's find out a little bit more about you. Why don't you tell the audience where you're from and tell us a little bit about how long you've been doing what it is that you do and helping people in their transformations. Totally, brother. I am in Atlanta, Georgia, in the Southeast United States. For those of you who don't know where that is, most people know where Florida is. We're the state above that. And so that's where we are. Good good uh, Southern part of the United States. Love being here, man. And so I've been informally doing what I'm doing now, I would say for 27 years, formally for seven. Um, it fell into my lap. Super thankful for it. I went through this massive transformation at 37 years old. Fell in love with the work when people started reaching out to me for help 
mindset, relationship, work, be better business people. I was like, man, this is a calling and a career. And what more fulfilling can it be, man? So I've uh, been formally doing it for seven years, but informally doing it now since I would say 27, but I don't want to age myself. <laughs> <laughs> and your background before you got into the coaching side of things, that was in corporate space, right? Yeah, big financial consulting firms. Think the Deloitte's Price Waterhouses of the world, um, mergers and acquisitions, financial consulting, public accounting. I was in that world for right at 20 years, man. I was a senior partner, member of the board of directors of a large firm here in the Southeast United States. I was recruited out of the big firms into a mid-sized firm. And so my background, mergers and acquisitions, financial consulting, financial audit, public accounting, man. Sounds really interesting, doesn't it? <laughs> that's, that's, a long, that's, a, that's a long time to do one thing, any career. Doesn't matter if it's interesting or not. You know, 20 years at one thing is a long, a long time. Was the catalyst for you just a long time in the industry or was there something that kind of tipped you over the edge? Was it a tipping point that you recall? Uh, getting out of it. Mm. Uh, when I decided to leave, so here's the problem is I was an owner of the firm. I was a member of the board of directors. I was 39 years old. Most of the people on the board were in their sixties. And so the hard part of walking away was my financial security was set for the rest of my life. I mean, I walked away from 60% of our household income. Mm. And so that was a very difficult thing, but I knew, man, I would, I never was in love with it. And the whole reason I went into this career because I knew I could get a job. Mm. Um, when I came out of college and university, not many people were getting jobs and I chose this career for that reason. And as I progressed and got better and, and moved through the career, the money and the marriage became hard to leave. Yeah. But when I started working on myself and got more confident, a better mindset on my own self, I knew I didn't love it anymore. I knew I couldn't sell it anymore. And I felt like I was becoming a cancer. Like, because, I, you know, here I am an owner and on the board and I don't love it and I can't recruit it and I don't want to sell it. So I'm like, man, I've got to, I've got to live up to my integrity. I got to live up to my values. And so it took me about four or five months to sell my equity and walk away and a lot of courage and a lot of deep dives with my wife and community and coaches myself. Yeah. But it was the best, you know, it was hard because that's all my network knew. You know, they made fun of me that you were like, oh, you're, you're an idiot. You're 39 years old and you're leaving at the top of the game. And I'm like, I, I, at this point, brother, I didn't want to feel like I was going to live with regrets. And I think that's big for all of us. I didn't want to sit there the rest of my life and look back at what it could have, should have. So I just didn't want to regret. And so I decided to walk away, man. Love it. I love it. It's, uh, it takes courage to do, and it doesn't happen overnight as well. So I'm, I'm glad you said that it took you a couple of months there. One of, one of the things that I know about career and, and having a job and being in careers and whatnot um, is I've had a, a different experience to many people. I, didn't, I, I, I kind of had a bit of a corporate career for a couple of years, not that long, but my career was in the military. And uh, when, you, when you start to question whether or not you want to be there any longer, the answers to the questions are actually right in front of you. And you kind of described it there when you said, you know, you're the youngest member of the board of directors, the, the oldest, well, you know, the younger people there were in their sixties and sixties is not old, but I can see my future. That's, that's where my future is. And in the military, you just look up a couple of ranks, you know, look up two or three ranks ahead of you and you see what those people are doing. And you, and you can see that, Hey, that's, the life that I'm going to be leading. Is that actually the life I want to be leading? And the short answer for me was, yeah, it's pretty cool. You could do this job forever. You could be here forever. And, you know, financially you get looked after, you have security, you have, you know, that's repetition. You get to do lots of fun things, but the reality is, do you have any fulfillment or satisfaction? And the short answer for me, when I looked at those people was they seem to be more grumpy than me. 
I was happy in what I was doing at a lower rank. And I looked at them and I was like, man, I don't want to end up grumpy like that cranky old sergeant over there or that cranky old warrant I've over there. What's the deal with that? Were you, did you experience a similar thing? I did, man. And it, it, I don't want to go too deep into it because it could sound insultive or judgmental. It was more <laughs> discerning. Yeah. Um, I, I'll, I'll tell you a moment that I had. I was in this very nice restaurant in a big city in the United States. And I looked around. It was, it was at lunch. And there was all these people from 30 to 70 in their suits doing the same business on the same damn hamster wheel. They looked grumpy. You know, the people sitting at the table are on marriage four and five. Um, they all have a lot of money, but they were unhappy, unfulfilled, and very in the box. Mm. And it wasn't a judgment. It was a sadness. Yeah. I'm like, oh, man, if I have to do this my whole life, am I going to look like them and be like them? And it's not. it wasn't a judgment. It was discernment. It was with love, too, man. I was being compassionate. But I just didn't want that for myself, chasing the same dollars, the same clients, and the same restaurants wearing the same suit gray hair, heavier, and five divorces later, I was just like, no man, I don't want to do this. So there was that part of it too. And, you know, I just, I just wanted to go find something that I love to do, made me happy, fulfilled me, but also can make, I, I'm a big believer that money is important. So don't get me wrong there. I'm not one of those. And so um, I just, I just had to leave because it was a sadness and it was just time, you know, you know, down in your gut, it was time to go. Yeah, you know, there's that there's that old Chinese proverb that says that the fish is the last one to realize that it's in the water. And it's like, yeah, that's that's it, man. That's it. You know, you don't realize how unhappy you are until you step out of something like that, or you don't realize that your career is not really going to be much different to the people ahead of you than until you step outside of it, you realize that as well. <laughs> it's uh it's great to get to know you a little bit there on the front end, and I'm sure we're gonna circle back to a little bit of that in a moment. But I gotta ask, you know, there's a lot of uh a lot of things been happening in the United States over the last couple of months with your election and whatnot. And that's just part of the democratic process. We have a politics has been just way too front and center here in Australia for way too long with this COVID stuff, but is everything okay where you are in your part of the world with COVID? Uh, well, you know, there are people sick. Um, I've had COVID. I'm one of the, I'm one oh, of really? the people who've had COVID. My teammates had COVID. My wife's had COVID. Um, we all survived, thank God, and um, gotten through it, moved on the other side. It, it, I live in one of the hottest areas in the United States. Um, we are a very open state. I hope this, uh, we, we were the last to close and the first to open, and we have not closed since. Um, I know California, New York, Michigan, and other Illinois are closing as we speak, but uh, my state has no intentions of closing. So it is a very hot area. Um, not everything you see on the news is what is really happening here. I would say 99% of this country is still safe. They're still nice people. And we actually are really good people. Um, you know, the, the news, whether it's the left or the right, are selling us a product. And they're really good actors and they really like division. And so we are the product that we're consuming. Yeah. So most people here, you know, we do have a COVID concern. We do have some issues as a country that we're looking at and hopefully we'll get better from. But on the most part, people are doing well. They're happy. They're um, we're moving forward as a society. And like you said, we're one of the great free crunchies, similar to Australia, that there yeah. are. So yeah, very happy here. But yeah, COVID's a concern and it's spiking again. But the whole world's dealing with it. And so what I like it, there's a lot of bad things about COVID, but there's also a lot of good things. It's, it's making us come together for a solution, and knowing that we're all pretty much the same, man. Yeah. Absolutely. When life deals you lemons, you just got to squeeze really hard and make that lemonade, baby. That's, that's <laughs> Indeed. Really good.
right, Tommy, thank you so much for sharing a, a little bit of that uh, with us there on the front end of the show, mate. I appreciate that. People, come on over to the Go All In podcast to learn more about others that have gone all in. So if you could, mate, could you please share with us your biggest Go All In story or stories and the lessons that you've learned from your commitment to success? I would say Go All In, man, is 39 years old. Uh, we talked about it. Member of the board of directors. I, I could work the next 30 years for a significant amount of money, and it was guaranteed, and the sky was the limit on what I could make. So going all in, going from that, selling my equity. I was an owner. I ran the international practice of this firm, mm. and I uh, had a large team. And, um, and to take the courage to walk away to an entirely different career, scared to death, went from whatever I was making to zero, um, overnight having the, you know, having a great system from my wife to team, you know, I have coaches and mentors, not only am I coach and run masterminds, but I'm in all that. I practice what I preach. So I think that, and here's the thing, man, is being patient is nothing great is built overnight. We all get caught up in that comparison, you know, whether it's on social media or this coach is doing that, or they've sold this amount of books and just getting started. And and so for me, I have to put my envy, my ego, my pride and my insecurities at the door and make it about the product, make it about the people we serve, make it about the value that we're creating in the world. And that's harder said, it's harder to do than to say, right? And so not get caught up in insecurity and fear to keep taking one step forward, to keep building and be a little bit better than we were yesterday. And so that's my all in man, as I literally walked away at the top of the game Mm. to chase this dream. And I didn't even know what the dream was when I left. I had no clue. I just knew it wasn't in that firm. And so um, here I am seven years later, more fulfilled, make more money, have a better network and more happy in life. So it was worth the risk, man. Yeah, definitely. I often talk to people on this show about a career transition. It's not always, that's not always the biggest goal in moment, but your work and life are intimately intertwined. I don't really believe in a work-life balance because it's just life, right? Work is just part of your life. That's kind of how I, I view it. And often I talk to people about a transition and I get a lot of feedback on this show about, oh my God, I I just hate this job. I hate what I'm doing. I hate this business. And the language is always the same. It's always really strong and it's always very emotional. If someone was listening to this and they were thinking about taking a leap and they were hating what they were doing, what would you say to them to give them a bit of encouragement and maybe like a little bit of a nudge over the edge? Because I know for me, I'm like, you're sending me an email or a text message or something in Facebook saying, hey, what should I do? And I'm like, dude, I'm the go all in guy. What do you think I'm going to say? Go all in. (laughs) But I also learned to kind of dial that back a little bit and say to people, well, you know, before you go all in and before you get in, you know, amongst all of that and follow your passion and do what it is that you're saying you're going to do, make sure you've got a plan. Make sure your family's taken care of. You've got a little bit of financial security because you might run out of runway pretty quickly, you know, because you underestimate, as you say, how long things can take. And, you know, it goes to the very heart of the the Grant Cardone 10X rule that everything takes 10 times longer. It's 10 times harder. And it's just 10 times more difficult than what you actually think it's going to be. So I, I kind of have had to learn to temper my go all in mindset and attitude with people to say to them, hey, make sure you you have a plan if you're going to do that. What would you say? Absolutely. I would tell them the first of all, you talked about they hated their jobs, they're unhappy, they're unfulfilled, their marriage sucks, whatever it might be, is um, I would tell them to go find the nearest mirror. And that's the problem and the solution, uh, literally. And, you know, they've got to do the work and nothing in life comes easy, whether it's happiness, peace of mind, fulfillment, financial confidence, financial freedom, or making a big change. 
And making a big change starts within. So I think, you know, whether it's a career change or relationship deal or happiness, you've got to start by working on the muscles inside your heart muscles, your mind muscles, and your body muscles. And so you've got to do the inner game so that your outer game is successful. So that's part of the planning. And I love the planning. I'm a huge goal setter. It, to my right is all of our 2021 goals. Anything that you write down will happen, even if it doesn't happen. So it's not only about taking, making a plan. It's about taking action, taking continued action, being smart about it. You don't want to put your family at risk or yourself at risk. But no, I, nothing in life is easy worth having. You know, think about all the things that give us quick, quick, instant happiness. Those are the things that usually kill us quick, too, if you really think about it. <laughs> and so, you know, patience is important. It's very hard to cultivate, not getting caught compared and just keep moving the ball forward. I think people say that starting's the hardest. I don't think so. I think continue moving when it gets hard and finishing the drill. So I like, I, I, but I'm a big believer, man, in order for your external, your career, your respect, your money, all of these things are outside of us, your relationships, that's outside too. You've got to do the inner game, man, the deep work, just like going to the gym and working on the muscles. You got to work on your heart muscles, your mind muscles, your soul muscles, if that's important and your professional muscles and then success, happiness, money, all that good stuff comes. Yeah, it's beautifully said, beautifully articulated as well. I'm a big believer of uh, visualization and I believe that everything happens twice. So if you're doing something like before I, I learn as a podcaster, you know, I've done a couple of hundred interviews now. I, when I first started, it was like really awkward and clumsy and clunky because you're learning a new skill. But over time, what I realized was I need to get an a habit and develop a routine the same as a football player would or same as a professional athlete would they get their head in the game well before they arrive at the stadium before it happens you know training finished on a thursday night they have an easy day on friday they're playing on saturday they get together with the team saturday morning making their way to the stadium there's a whole routine that happens same time over time and you see athletes walking out and they've got their headphones on they're talking to people they might acknowledge a, a camera or a photographer or something like that they might completely ignore everybody and if you ever see cameras follow athletes into the locker room you see them sitting in their little cubicle getting their stuff ready getting their head in the game and things like that and i realized as a podcaster i'm not a professional athlete but i've got to have the same sort of thing and and once i started playing this through in my mind, like what were the questions I was going to ask? How am I going to deliver the questions? How can I level up from last time? My God, the last interview I did was the best one ever. How can I make this one better? How can I keep beating my best? And that's, it's that desire for incremental progression, just that half a percent or 1% better than last time. And every time I do one, I'm just getting a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. And that takes time and it takes like enormous patience to actually be able to do that. It takes patience with yourself. And it was really when I started to do the podcasting around episode 50 that I realized what I was doing. And I realized at that point, my skill set started to develop and I started to accelerate and get moving and, and go forward like that. What about you for when, when you took the leap and you dived out of your career and you into the coaching thing and you're doing that, how long did it take you? And you must've had to develop that patience and, and develop those routines for yourself as well. 
Oh man, I am dogmatic about my internal routines and I'm just like you, brother. I just need to be a little bit better than I was the day before. And also give yourself a little bit of slack. We're not gonna, sometimes we're gonna have bad days, man. But the, you've gotta have laser focus, you know, have blinders on your eyes because you've gotta, you gotta know the goal that you want and you've gotta know what you serve. And so every single day I have a two hour routine that I do personally, again, working on those inner muscles so that when life happens, not if, I'll be ready for it on a solid foundation. And when I get that, that, you know, voice in our side, our head says, what if we're not good enough? What if they find out I don't know what I'm doing? And what <laughs> if they really know my deep, dark desires and insecurities? And by the way, all of us have that. I don't care where you are in the world. We all have it. And the key is, like you said, the great athletes, great business people, great podcasters, great musicians, man, they just do the work. They do the reps. And for me, being, you know, a mindset relationship and business coach, I got to practice what I preach. I always have a coach. I'm always in a mastermind. I do the daily, what we call the dribbling, passing, blocking, kicking every single day so that when I get in the arena, when I'm working one-on-one, when I'm on a podcast, when I'm doing a public speech or running a group coaching practice or retreat, I'm freaking ready. And the more we do it, the better we get at it. No one comes out, you know, hitting soccer balls into the goal five out of five. No one shoots the hoop and you know what I'm saying? And I, there's a great band here in the United States. And I think they're worldwide popular now. It's called the Foo Fighters. The guy originally was in Nirvana. It's was Dave it? Grohl. He's world-class, man. And he just says, grab a guitar and get in your garage. And then you suck and you suck and you suck. And one day you're Nirvana. Mm. And that's doing the daily work. That's practicing every single day. Because, you know, and here's the difference too. You can't just practice. Eventually, you got to get in the arena. You know, you don't want to be the armchair, what we have, a, armchair quarterbacks, what we call them here in the United States, where you're you're judging everybody else, but you've never actually gotten the arena. You never took the shot. You never started the business. You never made a change. Get mm. in the arena as well and, and muck it up and just keep going forward and keep practicing, brother. That's what I would say. Yeah, there's no such thing as a mistake. There's only learning, right? Uh, I'll be interested to, to in this part of the podcast here we're talking about going all in and committing and goal setting and those types of things and I, I wanted to share with you my philosophy on goal setting and kind of just riff on that a little bit so the audience can get a bit of value there so they hear two different and very similar perspectives I'm imagining um, I, I over the years when I've set goals for myself I'd always set these big hairy audacious goals like you're supposed to do and you know if you put it down there and you, you write it down and just start working towards it you'll get there and Often I would miss the target and I would change the goal and I would I would lower my expectations and just say that life got in the way. And that's just kind of how things were. And it wasn't until I realized it wasn't the goals that I was setting that was incorrect. It was the way that I was going about achieving the goals, which was incorrect. And, and I can boil it down to this. What I was focusing on was the outcome, not the process. So I, I wanted this particular thing. I wanted this brand new camera, this piece of equipment. I wanted to go on this holiday or buy this thing or have that car. And I would focus on those things, but I was never focusing on what I needed to do to get there. And when I realized what I should be doing is focusing on the process over the outcome, all of the things just fell into place and it become very easy to set the goals for myself and very easy to reverse engineer those goals. And it's a logical conclusion, right? You put the goal there, say, I want to earn $20,000 a week. Okay. What do you have to do to earn $20,000 a week? How many clients does that mean? How many new customers does that mean? How much traffic to your website does that mean? And all of those things. And then you can break each one of those down into its own little nuance and then get to get busy getting to work doing those things or getting somebody else to do those things for you so you can move towards those targets. And when I looked at it in its entirety, I was spending 
before I worked out what I was doing wrong, I was spending 95% of my time thinking about the goal and concentrating on that and about 5% of the time thinking about the process of actually getting there. So what I did is I just flipped that on its head. Think, set the goal, look at it every now and then, look at the picture on the wall and go, wow, that's a cool Jeep Rubicon that I want. That's that's awesome. Or that's a cool holiday that I want, whatever. What are you going to do to get there? You know, you've got the picture there to remind you every now and then. And the reality is that's probably is 5% of my day. If that picture sitting in front of me right where I'm looking, I look up at it and go, all right, that's cool. And that's just a little reminder of that's what I'm aiming at. But then I've got to do the work to actually get there. That's the process that I use. Do you, do you teach and use something similar? Oh, brother, I couldn't have said that any better. I'll just add a couple things to it. That's literally what I do is I reverse engineer and every member on my team does this too. So there's me working the craft. We've got other people under me that are also working the craft. We've got administrative team, IT team. We all do this. We have our one year and three year vision goals, but we reverse engineer. What can we do in the next 12 weeks? What can we do in the next three months? And what do we have to do today to get mm. to that? Um, the only thing, one thing that I heard from a client today that I love is put your vision board in front of your Peloton, by the way, or your bike or your, or your gym equipment, because you get to work out and see your vision board there. That's pretty cool. And so yeah. you can see your Jeep Rubicon when you do that. <clears throat> the only thing I would add, everything you said is perfect. System and processes and reverse engineering back. Because if you say, I want to make a million dollars this year, and that seems hairy and audacious. Well, what, what do we need to do to get to that right now? So the only thing I would add to that is I'm, I think you got to be laser, laser focused and don't get caught into shiny object degree. And we've got a grid of three things. These are the three initiatives for this particular 12 weeks. And when an opportunity, a networking contact, a shiny object or another opportunity, does it fit in this grid? And the answer is no. We put it on a wish list and then we'll look at it the next quarter or maybe that's something we need to add. So we're laser focused on what we do, how we do it, when we do it, and who we do it for. We're super laser focused on that. So you've got to stay focused in systems and processes, like you said. One thing that we've added recently that's been super powerful, and it was taught to me by one of my coaches, is that on Monday of every week, we have a team meeting. And what do I need to stop doing? What do I need to start doing? And what do I need to continue doing? And that has been a powerful exercise because it gets me to look in the mirror. It gets me to look at my 12-week tactical plans, networking calls, sales calls, running the clients, how many podcasts, you know, all the things that we do to build these crafts. And so if it's not in the grid, we don't do it in this particular 12 weeks because it's easy to get distracted on shiny object syndrome, you know, and every, every opportunity and, and squirrel that runs by. And the second thing is, is asking ourselves, is there something I need to stop? Is there something I need to start? And what do I need to continue? And those two, those are the only two things I would add to what you said, because what you said was genius. Yeah, it's beautiful. Beautifully articulated and value bombs dropping left, right and center on the Go All In podcast here today. I, I love it, mate. I love it. I, I wanted to just to unpick and unpack that focus thing a little bit because everybody talks about focus and focus and awareness, focus and attention and things like this. And what I wanted to do is to share again, once again, I want to share my view of that and what I do and how I teach that and, and what I execute on a on a day-to-day basis. Because like you, I'm laser focused on the goals that I have. I have uh, the thing, the thing that stops me from attaining my goals sooner or hitting them inside the targets that I've set for myself is distraction. I'm distracted by the phone, by Facebook, by Instagram, by whatever it is I'm distracted by 
that's not moving me closer to my goal. And that's kind of just life. Life is a distracting thing. Not anyone can be laser focused 100% of the time. It's just not possible to do that. If we could, you'd achieve your goal in three days flat and then life would be pretty boring, right? That's kind of how things roll. So I developed a process for myself and I use a management system um, that fighter pilots use called flawless execution. And what they do is they plan, brief, execute, they X gap, and then they debrief every single thing that they do. So when I have a task in front of me, so getting ready for this podcast interview, I use flawless execution to do that. I plan it, I brief it, I here I am executing it with you. And, and ha- I can't X gap. X gap is to decide where you are in relation to where you are trying to be. So I can't X gap something in a podcast, but I can kind of, because I'm looking at the list of things on, on my piece of paper here in front of me and I'm cross crossing them off as I go through it. So that's sort of an X gap. And at the end of it, I'll debrief myself. What did I do right? What did I do wrong? What, I, what can I do to improve? But the way I maintain focus throughout the day and throughout the week is by using the X gap. So I work out where I am in relation to where I'm trying to get to. And I stop and I say, okay, where am I? And I use a traffic light system, red, amber, green. Red means I'm totally out of control. Amber means I'm kind of sort of in control, but I can be on the red side of amber or on the green side of amber. Green means I'm completely dialed in, focused and doing what I should be doing. And and having a little bit of fun with it and being a little bit playful with yourself. And I actually physically write it down. So and I have a, a dedicated time throughout the day where I excap myself. And I do that in the forenoon, just after morning tea. When I come back from my morning tea, I sit down, I'm dedicated to that routine. I'll look at it for 10 minutes. And then in the afternoon as well, just for like two minutes to see where I am. Red, amber, green, completely out of control, looking at Facebook and watching YouTube videos for the last 25 minutes after my lunch break. Come on, get, get your head back in the game, get going. And I use these little nuances in my life and, and be a little bit playful with myself uh, to help myself move forward and move forward towards those goals and maintain focus. If I use discipline, like infantry platoon sergeant type discipline, I don't really feel like I get very far because that's a carrot and stick methodology. You know, that's a threatening type methodology. So I find when I'm a little bit more playful with myself and I do the inner work on myself with traffic lights like that, simple, easy to understand analogy. Anybody could do that. Do you have something similar for your focus? Totally, brother. And I, what I'll say this too, man, is it, it, you just said something really important. You've you got to know thyself. Mm-hmm. If you need rigid infantry type structure, because you just simply can't get it done, you have to implement that. If you need mm-hmm. a lighter methodology, a little more fluid, fun, red light, yellow, we call it yellow, we'll call it amber, red light, amber light, green light, um, whatever you need to get done. But you know, you've got to know yourself what you need and what you don't need. There's one thing that you said that's so super important. That I, I, it, it's a little bit of a digression, but not. We've got to lighten up and have fun. Yes. Because we can get so, we're so hard on ourselves to begin with. And then when we, we're all human. We all look on Instagram. We'll all look on Facebook. We'll all look at whatever, again, shiny object comes to us. And we've got to laugh at ourselves, know ourselves, but get back to being a pro. And so whatever system, I have a one thing that I do and I don't go as, as you know, we do our debriefs every Monday. We do a similar debrief to you. I don't do it every day, which I like that. That's pretty awesome, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I will do every day is this is my benchmark. Am I in my zone of brilliance for at least four hours a day? Mm 
Mm. Because if you're doing four hours a day, you're pretty much being a pro. Now we all get distracted with financial administration, networking, building, accounting, whatever you're doing in, in life, right? Life comes and goes and calls and all that text and all that crap. But for four hours a day, and I break it up into 45 to 50 with rewards, like if I do this for 50 minutes, if I record this podcast, then my reward is going to be go take a walk. If I 50 minutes here, I'm going to go have my coffee. Um, so I, if I do four 50 minute segments throughout the day, and it doesn't have to be four hours in a row, just four 50 hour segments are working my craft. If you're a sales guy, sell. If you're a networker, network. If you're a podcaster, podcast, whatever, or whatever that particular craft is. Mm-hmm. If I'm doing it for four hours a day and then worrying about the minutia the rest of the day, I am winning. And that's my system and my benchmark for myself. But I also, you've got to lighten up. We've got to have fun because if we're not enjoying this process and going through it and you're truly not enjoying it, it's just goal, 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 goal. And then you look up and you're like, why am I 75 years old? And I've accomplished all my goals, but my house is empty and I'm unhappy and no one really likes me. I don't have friends. That's not worth doing this anyway. So I like, I loved your systems and your methodology, but I just want to remind people to lighten up, have fun and know thyself because you know, if you need structure and accountability, have someone on your team or, or someone in your inner circle hold you accountable to that structure. If you need to be more fluid and loosey-goosey, be fluid and loosey-goosey, man, and everything in between. So I'll just, I'll, I'll add that to what you said. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Uh, the, the way I kind of lighten up with myself is with that traffic light system. And sometimes I'm more out of control than I am in control. I, re- <laughs> I really am. It's like, dude, you really, you, you've got to stop watching those YouTube videos. You got to stop watching. You just got to stop doing that. And it's like, don't worry, man. It's kind of, that's why you work for yourself. Cause you can, and I, ju- I find myself justifying, you know, it's like, don't do that. But it's come on, man. You know, you're going to live your life a little bit. You're going to die the richest man in the graveyard, unhappy and all. It's like funny. No, you're not, you're not taking your stuff with you, right? It's, you're not taking any of that stuff with you. And no, here's the thing we funny. do too, man, related to your system. Like when we debrief, which we call our start, stop, continue system that was taught to me recently is we get personal with it. Mm. And I've noticed lately, you know, because we had an election, I'm a big no news person because I'm a, a believer that news is going to come to me no matter what. I don't need to watch it. My friends are going to tell me about it and give me their opinion. But I found myself during the election here in the United States going to the news. And if you're on Twitter for more than three minutes a day or 24 <laughs> hour news, you're going to have a bad day. <laughs> and what I on our start, stop, continue, it's not only about our goals and our process and our work. It's about personal accountability. Yeah. And my personal accountability this week is I have to stop the negative thinking. Mm. If I, if, if one, a member of my team, my family member or anybody catches me saying something negative, I have to say two positive things and we're going to implement a dollar system too. We're going to start putting dollars in jars and handing dollars out. So <laughs> call me on my negativity and then let's flip it to some positives and some gratitude and some abundance. And so we can move forward. So that helps me keep it light as well and make it fun and get our mindset right. So we're not constantly, you know, in the, what I call the Tommy go round. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Beautifully said, beautifully said. I want to move off the the goal inside of this podcast and just find out a little bit more about your your business and how you actually help people and you help people with those breakthroughs and I can't help when I talk to a coach and someone who does what you do talk about transformations you must have seen some amazing ones is there one that is top of mind that you can share with us 
Oh my God. Uh, probably my favorite. And I can use his name because he has given me carte blanche because I have strong confidentiality agreements in the work that I do. Yeah. Um, but there's a gentleman when I first met him and started working with him and these are his words. He was lost in his career. He had just hit rock bottom. His relationship with his wife was suffering and he was directionless and friendless. And uh, I facilitated a men's retreat and he told a story around the campfire and said this beautiful statement about how good he is at working with millennials. And he goes, I'm kind of like the millennial whisperer. And I went up and I kicked him. I was like, brother, you got to write that book. He goes, man, I'm an advertising executive. I don't know how to write a book. I was like, if you don't write the book, I'm going to write it. So we started working mindset, heart set, relationship space. He went all in. He went all in to be a better man. That inner game we were talking about, not just the outer game. So he did the deep work, working on his heart, his mind, his spirit. And then we started writing that book. Since then, his book has become a USA Today bestseller. He's shot up through the ranks. He has 10 close, very close relationship friendships that he manages. His relationship with his wife is as good as it's ever been. And he goes, Tommy, I'm as happy. And he's a very, very networked, kind of a big deal now. His name's mm-hmm. Chris Tuff and he wrote the millennial whisper. And he's getting right to crush another book, nice. but check him out, man. But the transformation I saw within three years, it didn't happen overnight. He still have his, he still has his demons that he works through like the rest of us insecurities and fears, but man, he is just the happiest. He runs at a speed that I can't even explain, <laughs> but the, but the, here's the important part is he did the work. You know, he leaned in. He wanted to be better with a father. He wanted to be a better husband. He wanted to be a better leader. And he wanted to take a huge step. And it was a massive financial investment for him mm-hmm. to where he literally leveraged his house and took all of his savings out to go all in on this, go all in on this book. Yeah. And he did it. And it's paid dividends to him 100x since. So that's that's one of the, the stories. They happen every day, but it has yeah. nothing to do with me. It has to do, you know, I, I show the water like everybody else in my space is getting the best out of people. I'm not here to change people. I'm here to get the best out of them. But at the end of the day, they got to do the work. They got to lean in. They got to be coachable and they got to move in. So that that's one top of mind example. And he is a awesome dude. Mm, love it. I love it. It's a, it's a beautiful story. I, I, can't, I can't help but draw some parallels to, uh, to movies and script writing when I hear you say that. And let me explain a little bit here because... I think there's an important lesson in this uh, when we talk about something like that, when you talk about a success story and people forget, I think people forget that they're the hero of their own story. They're the hero of their own movie, the movie of life that you're in. And it sounds cheesy and it's corny and I don't really care because it is, you are the hero of your own story and you are the person that's responsible for making a good life, a bad life, a happy one or an unhappy one. You're totally in control of that. But like every hero in any story that you've ever seen, there's always a guide. Luke Skywalker had a guide. It was Obi-Wan and it was Yoda. You know, Darth Vader had a guide. It was the emperor, you know, the evil emperor. He was the guide. Every, every hero and every villain in a story has a guide. So my question to the listener and to the viewer of this podcast, if you're the hero of your own story of life, who is your guide? Do you have a coach? Do you have somebody that holds you accountable? Have you got somebody in your corner as a key person that is guiding you to the targets that you're setting for yourself? And I really, it sounds to me like in that story, you were the the guide there and he was the hero. And that's a really, uh, really cool place to be. I've been fortunate enough many times in my life to help people break through and get to the other side and see success and achieve success. And that is the 
most gratifying thing in the world. Um, it's more gratifying than money, more, more satisfying than any professional thing that you could ever achieve in a career. When you see somebody achieve their goals and break through and live the life that they want to lead and you're part of that result, it is an incredibly powerful and passionate thing, right? I couldn't agree more, man. And I, I, I'd love to share just something with you is um, he did two things. He, he asked for help and he took action. Asked mm-hmm. and it was coachable. He asked for help. He took action. He was coachable. And I loved what you said. You can, and I'm going to spin it a little different. You can be the hero in your journey or the vil- villain in your story, right? <laughs> um, the villain has so, a guide too. <laughs> the villain has a guide and it's not good ones. And so yeah. I'll, I'll share a little bit of, I'll share, yeah, 12, my gosh, any of that. Um, well, you know, when I was a, grow, a young man and I was going to be the first person to graduate university in my family, I come from humble beginnings, good, solid, hardworking part of the world. And I grew up in and around abuse and violence. That's my backstory. A lot of abuse, a lot of violence. At 18, I became what I hated. I became that violence and I became that abuse. Instead of going to university, I committed to violence and was looking at seven years in prison. Ended up being sentenced to two, overcame that, ended up in the financial world, became a partner and almost lost everything at 36. And a, mentor, a male mentor appeared in my life at 36 because when I when the money and power didn't fill me up and I didn't deal with any of those de- demons and wounds from my past, I saw it on all the wrong ways, brother. And I checked all the boxes, man. And it almost cost me everything. Yeah. But here's the reason I share that is I had a mentor because I was sitting there, t- you know, and then I realized, you know, my, my tough upbringing and then blah, blah, blah. And I had this mentor. I, I kept, I was just emotionally vomiting on him. And he finally says, look, dude, are you ready to stop living that story and start living your life? And here's the thing. You're not alone in your wounds, your, your mistakes, your screw ups, your desires, your insecurities and your fears. We're all there together. But here's the key. You can always rewrite your story at any time and at any day and you get to write the ending. And is it going to be a hero's journey or is it going to be a journey of regrets? And when he told me that, are you going to stop living your life or stop living your story and start living your life? It punched me right in the face. Mm. And so it doesn't matter what you've been through or what mistakes you've made. You can always choose to ask for help, lean in, read a book, get a mentor, join a mastermind, hire a coach. I don't care what you do, do something, just do something a little different and be the right, be the hero in your journey and rewrite the ending. So I wanted to share that with you. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful sentiment. And and it's one that needs to be shared on these formats in a podcast and on YouTube, because it's, I think, I think we all know it. I think our parents taught us that. I think all parents teach all kids those things. That's a generalization, I know. But, you know, all, all parents say to their kids, you can be anything you want in the world. You can be a doctor, an astronaut, a policeman, whatever you want to be. And it's not until you become an adult, you realize that, man, all of those things are really hard. All of those things are really hard. But you can choose to be the hero or the villain of your story. What, why do you think, Tommy, why do you think that people along the journey of life, they seek approval of others? And, and how can they... How can they unshackle themselves from wanting the approval of others? And, you know, I think it goes to the heart of people really caring about what other people think about them. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, we're tribal and you're communal and we seek the approval from others. You know, we all want to be seen, heard, loved and valued. And we seek value in all the wrong things. And I'm not saying none of these things are not important. You know, money, power, cars, shiny things, nice houses, vacations, all those things are super important. Check all the boxes. They're super important. But they can also all be taken away from you in a second. And are you craving status? Or are you craving significance? And status is a shaky, shaky thing. And status, will, it's all about 
So here's the thing, man. Again, if we all know we want to be seen, heard, loved, and valued, all of us, cut the nonsense. We're craving authenticity. Mm. And if you were your true, vulnerable, authentic, authentic self, and you're talking to two big dudes that are talking on this, this I'm a <laughs> six foot two, 200 plus pound dude. But man, I found when I took off all of those, it, trying to seek the approval of others, and we all do it. You know, we all want crap. We all want to be, men especially, we want to be respected and women want to be loved. And we'll do crazy stuff to get respect and love. And so what we'll find out though is A, we're not alone and all those things I talked about. And B, when we actually become who we are, we don't need every, you know, people pleasing everybody is exhausting. <laughs> and when we learn to set good boundaries and say no and stop putting, no one's thinking about us anyway, man. Um, they're thinking about their own selves. So why are we letting them rent space in our heads? And here's the thing. When I just took off the tough guy, the important guy, the cool guy, the powerful guy, the, that exhausting guy, those masks and that armor I was wearing and just became me. I found that a lot of the tribe was looking for that authenticity and the people that are just like us kind of find their ways in our lives. Mm. We're not trying to be out there anymore. We're trying to be right here and be who I, and we all got our wounds. We all got our mistakes. I still screw up. I still look for validation in the wrong stuff. I am hey, human. Yeah. But I've got a tribe that holds me accountable. I've got a tribe that's just like me. I've got a tribe going in the same direction. And I always ask this for any human being in my life now. I got three rules. The first one, if a human being is not a hell yes, they're a no. Because there's a lot of in, in, vampires out there and energy suckers. And I always ask this to myself, does this person make me happy? Check the box and they're in. Or do they make me better? And so once you ask that with all your friends, they won't ask anything from you. They won't care what you have. They, they care about who you are, where you're going and who's coming with you, not what you have. And that's what I would say. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful sentiment and great, great reminders. Great. This podcast is full of great reminders for everybody today. I'm really enjoying this, uh, this interaction here with you. I wanted to talk about uh, fear because mm -hmm. I think fear is an in, important topic and I'm about to share something I haven't shared publicly before and people might think I'm a little bit crazy, but I am a little bit crazy. That's just kind of how I am. I think we're all a little bit crazy in different ways is uh, one of the pastimes that I have here, given that I live like a hundred meters away from the beach um, is spearfishing. I do a lot of spearfishing um, and I had an accident earlier in the year. Um, I, I felt, I fell about a meter, fell down, hurt my ribs really badly, had a collapsed lung, was lying in the water for about half an hour before somebody rescued me thinking this is like BS. This is not how life ends. No way. Uh, anyway, things could always be worse. And it was a very reflective and contemplative time in my, uh, in my short existence on this planet. Um, and one of the things that kind of struck me on the other side of that once I got better and I'm only kind of just better now. My, my ribs are about 99% better. If you've ever had a rib injury, it takes a long time to get over. Um, and it took me probably two months to get my lung capacity back because I had a collapsed lung and things like that. And I'm, I'm better. And it's, it's been a, a reflective time. COVID has been a reflective time and all of those sorts of things. And one of the things that I realized was I'm not really afraid of anything. I wasn't afraid of dying there. I, I was, I realized that um, I'd lived a pretty full life and I was lying there more cranky with myself for slipping over and hurting myself and just being a little bit reckless in what was going on. 
but I realized that I'm not really scared of much. And I've been involved in a whole bunch of things in the military before where, yeah, I was scared, but whatever, you know, you get over it. That's kind of a, ends up being a benchmark in your life that you can compare against. But one of the things that I do get a little bit scared of is um, maybe getting bitten on the ass by a shark when I'm in the water. Cause there's a lot of body body sharks around here where I live, probably the same as where near where you are in, in and around Florida and stuff like that. And I, I find myself watching these YouTube videos of uh, spearfishing guys getting kind of bumped by sharks and getting, you know, thing, these things coming at you and going at you. And it's the, the most primal type of fear that a person can have, meaning you getting eaten alive or getting bitten by something like that. And, that's happening to you when you can't see it. And I, I get in the water after watching these videos and maybe it's a bit crazy. I probably shouldn't watch those videos, but I feel this level of fear and trepidation that I can't get anywhere else. And it makes me feel so damn alive. And sometimes I'll find myself in the calm water here, just off Cronulla where I am. And I'll be, I don't know, 800 meters off the shore, maybe a kilometer off the shore. Sometimes a long way out. There's a place just in front of me called Shark Island. Funny enough, it's called Shark Island. Why do you think it's called that? <laughs> and on a calm day, you can swim right around the front of Shark Island and be, it's like a shelf, right? The, the, it's probably four or five meters at the island itself. And then it tapers away to about 25 to 30 meters. But you need to be about three or 400 meters in front of the island to do that. And you find yourself out in the open water all by yourself, with a, albeit with a spear gun that could pretty much kill anything that's in the water it may be not a whale but you know it's a pretty big powerful thing and but you only get one shot right so you'd be careful but i have this level of fear that is not like anything that i've ever experienced it's not like jumping out of a plane at night time at ten thousand feet which i've done many times i've done all sorts of crazy stuff in my life but the the primal fear of being eaten alive and bitten and doing that is something that i do anyway and i do it in spite of that. And I do it because it's like, it's all in your head. It's all in your head. You think a shark is like a Hollywood movie and it's like smart. It's going to hunt you and it's going to do that. No, it's, sharks don't bite people. They're curious creatures that come over and have a little look when I've seen plenty of them in the water. They come and have a little look. Hey, what are you? Swim around you a couple of times and they're off. And if they come a little bit close, point the spear at them, give them a little poke, off they go like that. But, you, but I still have that fear of something coming behind me and, and so many stories and so many videos of people getting bitten from behind. And, and I, I, I don't know if it's a lesson for life or it's a lesson as an, as a human being or in business or how I apply that or what I can do with that. But no matter how scared I am and how much fear I have in the pit of my stomach and every now and then I'm like, man, I've just got to get back to the shore. Something's not right. Something doesn't feel right. And I swim all the way back and nothing ever happens. Everything's okay. I do it afraid anyway. And that's the lesson that I wanted to share. And that's what I wanted to share with you here. And I wanted to share with my audience here that I'm scared all the time. And I don't just do that every now and then. I do that like three or four times a week because I live so close to the water and feeling that level of fear and trepidation all the time is a muscle. And actually the emotional muscle that you use, the more you use it, the more you overcome it, the less scared I get. And sometimes I'm a little bit reckless about the things that I do. Hey man, I'm a little bit too far out here all by myself. Maybe I should head in sort of thing. And it's, a, it's an interesting thing. It's an interesting thing. I'd just be interested to hear your view on, on fear and, and how you handle those things as well. Do you know what I hear in all of that is freedom. On the other <laughs> side of that fear is just uninhibited freedom. 
And that is, that is so accurate because I could tell you about some of the most beautiful, incredible things that I've seen in the water that nobody else would have seen because I'm there by myself and I'm the one that's experiencing that on my own. And I'm only experiencing that because I'm willing to, to challenge myself and overcome the fear of getting bitten on the ass by a great white shark that I can experience those things. Yesterday I was in the water and there's these stingrays right out the front. They're probably a meter and a half to two meters wide, these massive things. And they're just cruising around on top of the seaweed in about two meters of water. And normally you see one or two of them, but I've seen probably five or six of them. They're all together. It's such a majestic thing there. I'm in the water by myself in the blue water in the afternoon sunshine, not a soul around. And I'm thinking, Shark, schmark, whatever. Check this out. <laughs> <laughs> the freedom, yeah. you're right. Freedom. freedom, uninhibited freedom. I hear a little bit of proper preparation. You know, the threat is out there, man. And uh, the other thing I heard is there's something in your gut every now and then. Uh, you know, it could be healthy fear, right? The thing about fear, is it real or not real? You know what I'm saying? Is it, There's a difference between worry and fear. And our media, our social media, from fear to envy to division to you're no longer my neighbor, you're my enemy, that's not real fear, man. That's garbage in, garbage out. In your mm. case, I mean, seriously, we feed our souls and minds with garbage and the garbage comes out. That's that fear, judgment, all that anger, cynicism. But in your case, it's a it's a real it's a real thing that could happen out there. It's like mountain climbing, it's like any extreme sports or anything worth doing that has mm -hmm. a little bit of risk in it. The other side of that's freedom and feeling the fear and walking through it. Now be prepared. You know, whether you go into battle or climb a mountain, you can't, you know, you're not going to go climb Everest and you haven't even walked 50 feet in your life. You got to prepare, you got to know the risk and feel the fear and walk through it anyway. And fear paralyzes so many, but 99%, 99.9% of our fears aren't even real. Mm. They're imagined dragons, you know, <laughs> and it could be caring about what other, other people think. It could be like, I don't want to take that risk. What if I fail? And you look, you're just like me. There are no failures. There's only learnings, right? But we got to teach ourselves that. But man, when you feel that fear, whether it's heights or starting a business or leaving a career or saying no or whatever that it could be, you know, I've had a gun held to my head more times than I need to in my life. And let me tell you, there's a moment there of pure clarity, pure presence and pure peace. And I think you felt that when you uh, it just, it's just you're just there mm. and you know that we're not in control of anything. And if we were in control and we were immortal and we were perfect, this life would be stupidly boring. <laughs> and so, I mean, like ridiculously boring. So taking risk, being smart about the risk, being prepared, and then trusting your gut when it's time to back out, in or out, man, that's uninhibited freedom. And you, we've talked about it several times today is, do you want to live life with regrets or without regrets? Do you want to ask that girl out or not ask that girl out? Do you want to, you know, how long are you going to be here? Life is preciously, preciously short, man. And if you want to go buy that Jeep Wrangler, go buy it, but be prepared, <laughs> do some planning, start building towards some financial confidence to go get this thing and go get it, man. Um, because what you're going to do is you'll never, you'll, you'll, you can't take any of this stuff with you, but you, your memories will go with you. Your, your, you know, the friendships, the experiences, the life, the love, um, the, the risks that you took, you know, you know, the great hockey player says, you know, you never, you, you never make the shots you never took. Right. And so it's a, it's a really, really important lesson, man. And all I heard was freedom, planning, 
and then trust in your gut, man. And that that's living life to me, brother. I think you got it figured out, Robert. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, it's been a, uh, a hell of a lot of fun talking about this stuff with you. I knew this podcast was going to be just like this. Um, so thank you so much for coming on. I'm, I mean, thank you so much for being so giving and, and sharing as well. You've got your your book on the shelf there behind you. For the people that are listening to this podcast, you can't see it. It's called Legendary. And that's such, I don't think you realize, but that's like Aussie slang and Aussie vernacular. I don't know if it's American <laughs> slang or American vernacular, but man, that is legendary stuff. That's kind of how that's used here in, in Australian vernacular. Tell us a little bit about that book and, and what made you write that and, and what it's all about. Yeah, so it was a three-year labor of love, a fist fight between me and myself and a whole lot of perfectionism and recovering perfectionism and blood, sweat, and tears. Man, super thankful it's now a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestseller. Why I picked Legendary is... What I like about the term is if I started saying Tommy Breed loves a legend, you'd laugh me off the stage. I mean, you'd laugh me off this podcast. The reason I picked the word legendary is you can be a great legend or a horrible legend. Remember the villain or the hero. And legendary is a title given to us by others, our communities, our friends, our peers, our network. We don't call ourselves legends. It's given to us. And for me, when this book became to fruition, I wrote the book. I wrote the book that I needed when I was 36. I no longer made it about vanity or ego or pride because the book sucked when I did that. When mm-hmm. I made it about what I needed and the life I wanted to live and the, the life I aspire even to this day to live, and these are the tools to do that, that's when the book came together and it became a simple, loving process. Two years and seven months of a, eight months of a fist bite. And four months of when I let it go and made it about others and what people need. Um, And this book takes through people what they want. And I love the title Legendary. You know, it it helps us find our purpose. It helps reconquer our time and make time our friend, not time our enemy and that word busy. It helps us build financial confidence and freedom. I'm a guy who lived in the financial world for 20 years. And I think there's a mindset and some tools to build financial confidence and freedom building our network. So the the book takes a very simple, it's very fast, very simple, but it has executable tools in how to build and live a legendary life. It's not academia. It's simple, simple things that you can do in your life every single day that I've done in my life and seen others do to help build that life. So the beginning of the journey takes them through what they want. And then we give them what they need, you know, mastering their mindsets building unconditional love and self-respect for yourself so that you can go love and respect others, developing intimate relationships with your family, your friends, your significant other, and and all these tools in between. So it takes all those journeys. And and at the very end of the day, here's what I hope is that when we leave, we leave this, our fellow humans and our world better than we found it. We've lived with purpose. We live with significance and we've made an impact in either one other human's life or an entire community. And to me, that's building a legend, living a legendary life, my brother. Yeah, I love it. I love it. That's a, that's a legendary explanation of your book right there. (laughs) I'm very passionate about it. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this podcast on your phone, just take a little peek at your phone and the link uh, to Tommy's book is right there. If you're watching this on YouTube, just scroll down and the link will be right there for you. So you don't have to go digging around in Google for it. Well, mate, as we bump up against an hour here at the Go All In podcast, I just wanted to say thank you again for 
coming on the show and and being so giving and having a little bit of fun with me and a bit of a laugh here. It's been great. I'm always I'm always heartened when I speak to a fellow American across the pond there. And I just recognize that you guys are, are almost the same as Australians, just a little bit different. There's a little bit of a nuance there, but our, I think our values and our morals and the way that we're brought up are all very, very similar. And I, and I love that about this legendary connection that Aussies and Australians have had for such a long time now. So thank you so much for coming on the show today, mate. Uh, you're very welcome, brother. And we both are former English colonies and it's like a family. We fought together. We've, we've loved each other. We've hated each other, but at the end of the day, we're all family. <laughs> Still looking out for each other as we should be, mate. I can't let you leave the Go All In podcast without putting you in the Go All In podcaster's hot seat. A little bit of fun to close out the show here. Just a couple of quick questions, mate, as a speaker and, and coach and doing what you do for a living, you got to travel a lot pre COVID. Is there somewhere that I should be putting on my bucket list that I don't know about that is a little secret holiday destination that you've got? I don't know if it's a secret, man, but it is one of the most epic places on earth. It's Argentina. And I'm telling you from rainforest to Patagonia, to wine country, to large cities, it's a giant country. Take about three weeks, man. It is one of the most spectacular place from the human, beautiful humans, unbelievable food, unbelievable scenery from a series of tropics to the coldest places on the southern tip of you know, yeah. next stop is Antarctica. And yeah. so uh, it's just an epically powerful, beautiful place. And I would recommend that to anyone. South America in general is awesome. Love it. Love it. It's definitely somewhere I haven't been and no one has said that. So, and I like the idea of having a, a stronger dollar there as well. Oh yeah. A lot stronger dollar. It's just beautiful yeah. place, man. And if you're yeah, single, even better. You'll see why. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, what's a skill that you're working on at the moment that you haven't quite mastered yet? Yeah, I think it goes back to what we were talking about is, you know, as much as I practice this craft and work with coaches and do the work every single day, I would call it the Tommy go round, man, is getting in my own way of beating myself up or talking negative to myself. You know, I am my own worst enemy and my own worst hero. And so every single day I get up, I walk this journey with the same, like everybody else. And I just, you know, I get so frustrated when I get so upset at myself. So continue on the gratitudes, continue on the affirmations, continue on the coaching. And I just want to cut out that Tommy go round. We'd actually nicknamed him Ike. And so when Ike shows up, give him the name, kick him in the butt, thank him for all he's done with me and move on. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. In the same vein as that question, what's the, uh, what's the best piece of business advice that you've ever received? Participate in your own rescue. And I know that doesn't sound like business advice, but man, when I heard it, I, I can't unhear that brother. And so, um, whatever, again, I said it again, go look at the nearest mirror and if it's business, leadership, success, money, whatever you want, happiness, better relationship with your significant other, that's the problem and solution. And you must choose to participate in your own rescue. And when I heard that, brother, I was in the class five uh, whitewater rapids. And let me tell you what that means. That is river speak for you're going to die. And uh, basically, the guy said, if you fall out of the boat, you have to turn over, look up, look for the rope. And if you can't get there, swim to safety because there's a high probability that you won't make it. That is an analogy for business and life is always lean in, always get better, participate in your own rescue. No one's coming to save you and there is no magic pill. I love it, mate. I love it. That's uh, beautifully, beautifully said. Mate, if people want to connect with you and find out more about what it is that you do and, and maybe hire you and use your services, what's the best way to do that? 
TommyBreedLove.com, man. And uh, because we're, as we're recording this, we're in the middle of the coronavirus. Um, if you go to TommyBreedLove.com and I have a Southeast United States accent, so I'll spell this out, forward slash gifts, that's G-I-F-T-S. Um, we're giving away the financial confidence and freedom chapters. We're giving away the mastering your mindset chapters, a lot of fear, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of economic uncertainty. And so as a give back, we're giving away those. And if you, if, if you dig that flavor and you think it's easy and fun and great reading, man, check out the whole book, man. And you can find the book anywhere. I'm telling you anywhere, your favorite bookstore, it's there. Um, and so, you know, follow us on social at Tommy Breedlove. We're always putting out life hacks, love, light. We're never talking politics and division and all that other crap. You know, we're talking about how to move forward, how to build legendary lives. And, and so check us out on our social media at Tommy Breedlove on all of the places, even Twitter, although I'm never there, but we post goodness there all the time. And so check us out at Tommy Breedlove or at TommyBreedlove.com. Love to hear from you. And um, hopefully you'll download the free chapters and there's a lot of other stuff on purpose. You get a whole bunch of free goodies if you download it, man. So I hope you check us out. Beautiful. Once again, just take a little peek at your phone and the links to Tommy's website forward slash gifts will be there as well and also to all of his socials. So make sure you reach out and connect there. And if you're, again, if you're watching this on YouTube, just scroll down and all of the links are right there for you. Mate, thank you so much again for coming on the show. I wanted to give you the opportunity for the parting shot. One piece of final bit of wisdom from Tommy Breedlove. What have you got for us today, mate? Two things. No matter what you've been through, stop living your story and start living your life. And to do that, you must participate in your own rescue and take action to do something different today than you did yesterday. Oh, yeah. Love it, mate. What a great way to close out the show. Thanks again for coming on, mate. We look forward to speaking with you soon. It's bye for now. Thank you, brother. Well, there you have it, folks. If you want to connect with Tommy, just take a little peek at your phone and all of the links to his website and socials are right there. So you don't have to go poking around in Google for them. And make sure you hop on over to his website and grab your free gift as well. That's just at tommybreedlove.com forward slash gifts. What are you doing to close the gap from where you are to where you want to be. Do you have a plan? Have you got a system? Have you got some support in place to help you get there? If you're just starting out in business, considering a business, or perhaps you've been a seasoned entrepreneur for years, I've created a masterclass that will give you the strategies and tactics to get you moving, to gather some more momentum, and to break through to the next level. If you'd like to find out some more about the masterclass, then hop on over to goallin.com.au and click on the link that says masterclass. You can claim a 30% discount with the promo code 30 off. So just pop that code in at the checkout to save yourself $44. Now, if you've got a message or some feedback for the show, you can reach out via the Go All In socials, or you can send me an email at any time. Just visit goallin.com.au to find out more. Just hop on over to the contact page there and you can drop me an email straight through the site there. Well, that wraps it up for the show today. So whatever it is that you're working on, whatever you're doing, get busy, get to it and go all in. I'll see you next time. 